This podcast episode is quite a bit different than some of the content that I've been producing. Um, is some of the small snippets. Um, Tirsa McQueen has become a good friend of mine over the last uh, year to 18 months. We've been interacting mostly on Twitter and uh, collaborating on a few just like tweets and things like that, just having little conversations, uh, trying to build some community, having some chats together uh, with a group of people, unschoolers. And her kids are older than mine. And we've both been, both of our families have been unschooling for around the same amount of time. Uh, But I thought she would really have some good thoughts on just how how I can be more authentic with my kids. Um, And so that was really the context of this conversation. And I knew I wanted to record it and kind of save it for our community. Um, But we ended up talking about so many different things um, that were, were really powerful and were really helpful to me and helped explain more of this work that we're doing. So in the show notes, uh, you should be able to see, and unfortunately I can't separate anything into like skippable chapters, but you should be, be able to see some time markers if there's different topics that you like. Um, I tried to go through and just take notes of where, where different things are. So if you do want to hear her perspective on, or our perspective on a specific thing, uh, hopefully that will help um, make it a little bit better. So, um, yeah, here's my conversation with Tirsa McQueen. I had just come off, I had texted you that, and I had just come off, like, feeling really frustrated with my seven-year-old and, and just not, not knowing how much I really wanted to express. Because I, I could feel in myself I wanted to get pretty huffy and just like sarcastic and I don't know. I just like, I just wanted to get some things off my chest to him. And I was just, I was doubting myself and thinking, well, I'm not, I know that I'm not trying to end the behavior or at least I'm, I want to not be trying to end the behavior. Um, But I also feel like there's some, there's sometimes where things can't go unsaid. Like it's not healthy for me to keep those things in. And, and I, within that context, there's, um, I don't want to go so far as to say that I'm a charming person, but I'm very, uh, persuasive. So like if I'm trying to get Kristen to do something, you know, I can just, I can be very persuasive and persistent until she's like, well, that's, that's fine. And so I have to like, purposefully make space for her and like stop myself and say, I have to like give her room to speak because it seems like she won't take it. You know, she won't just step in and say, I need to say something here. She'll just let me keep going. And so knowing that I have that capacity, I'm extra careful with my kids about like, I don't want to cross that line, but I think you have some ideas about, we actually, not that we purposefully cross the line, but almost, are you saying that sometimes you, we need to allow ourselves to cross that line and then yeah. be willing to come back the other way? Yeah, that's what I was saying. I think that 
I think that we should all show up as ourselves. Like in this space as like a peaceful parent, um, respectful parent, you have to also respect yourself. So a lot of this is about controlling yourself, which you obviously do. You are, you, know, you have self-control, but you can't do that at the, you know, you can't not be yourself at the same time because that's not, that's doing a disservice to your family as well. Mm-hmm. So you have to, we're human beings. So we can't pretend that we're not, we can't pretend that we never get angry or that we never get annoyed or any of the things that we have the full range of human emotion. So as long if if you did get huffy or if you did get, you know, irritated or you were sarcastic, I don't find that there's anything wrong with that. As long as you come back and say, as long as you come back and say, you know what, let me apologize for how I was speaking to you earlier. I was in a bad mood. And, you know, sometimes when I get in a bad mood, I might act in ways that, you know, aren't my best. There's nothing wrong with that. I think that's the, the, the work is that we're doing is not in trying to not be our, who we are. We are trying to be better people, but it's also knowing that we're going to not always be perfect because we're not perfect, but we can always repair. So the work for me is in the knowing when to repair something, knowing when to sit with something, come back and say, let's talk about this and not just like brushing it off and like acting like it's everything's fine. Um, but helping people understand who I am, you know, and then in that, just having a conversation so that we can understand how, how did you feel about that was happening? Because a lot of times they might not even been offended. They might be like, Oh yeah, I understand. Like it wasn't a big deal. You thought it was a big deal and they didn't think it was a big deal. So it's like just having those conversations and allowing ourselves to be ourselves, uh, the best version of ourselves. And that also means being able to come back and say, I'm sorry, or to yeah. explain, you know, or just even with your wife, come back and be like, you know what? I feel like I was talking over you the other day. Did you have anything you wanted to ask that conversation? That's, I, I, I don't, that's fine. You know, I just yeah. I feel like a lot of times, especially in the space, people feel like we need to be perfect because we know, we know what we don't want to do. Like, that's the first thing you know. You don't know exactly what to replace it with. Yeah. But you do know what, what the things that you don't want to do. And so we're working very diligently and consistently and becoming that person. But sometimes there's nothing to replace it with. Sometimes it's just a matter of just being quiet and not saying something when I would have before or being myself, uh, I, you know, when I wouldn't before, because I, I, I would think, oh no, I need to be, you know, this perfect mom who never raises her mm-hmm. voice or no, sometimes I raise my voice. I'm a human being, yeah. I got upset. But I can come back yeah. and say, I'm sorry, I raised my voice. That's not how I want to talk to you, you know, and have that conversation. And I think that's the community building within our own home. That yeah, is, absolutely. I feel like that's the part that is respectful, that is showing respect. Yeah, the respect is coming back from the wrongdoing. It's not never doing wrong. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's the repair. I mean, hopefully, I mean, if you're willing to come back from doing wrong, you're going to learn and you're going to do wrong less. Hopefully, <laughs> you don't want to get you know, less respectful over time. That's that's going in the wrong direction. But 
Yeah, I think that's pretty powerful. Um, yeah, I think you. I think that when you come back, though, it also builds trust. It's a. It's it's built. It's just a better relationship. All in all, like overall, because you're building trust because they know that my parent is working on being the best version of themselves, and that models for them how to be the best version of themselves. Like mm-hmm. it, you know, like. I know now that it's okay to apologize when I'm wrong. I don't have to hide what I'm doing. I don't have to act like nothing happened. I can come and say, I'm sorry that, you know, the other day I was in a bad mood. Like, you know, it gives them their, uh, the allowance to have their full range of emotions as well. So I think that it's important to build trust in that relationship by doing that. Talk to me a little bit about what the process looked like because you started your unschooling journey as your kids were a little bit older. Um, and what did it look like when, what was the learning process when you started to recognize that you couldn't apologize like right after the fact you had to like give it some time, even, you know, sometimes 24 hours before you maybe brought it up again. What, can you remember some of those times when you started realizing like, Oh, I can't just say sorry while they're still mad at me and expect that to be okay. Like I have to wait until both of us have cooled down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It still happens all the time. Like that is the one thing that I think happens more often now that we are fully in this self-directed lifestyle and school lifestyle because of the fact that, like you just said, it's something that when you realize it's happening, you now realize your responsibility in trying to repair this. Mm-hmm. So it's something that happens more now that we are having this conversation. Um, but a lot of the times when I, when I delay, like sometimes it's just because I'm just trying to find the right words. Also, I just really need to figure out why did I do that? Like what was, what was going on in my own head that caused me to react that way? Mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to evaluate myself and be self-reflective so that I can explain to them what I was thinking. And I do, I'll explain like, you know what? It wasn't even about you. I was having some, you know, re- repressed feelings from when I was a child. And when you did that, it just reminded me, it triggered me from when I was a child and I wasn't being listened to or, you know, something that, whatever it is, I need, I need to sit with that to figure out why did I react that way? Yeah. And so that I can go back and explain to them what that was. It didn't have anything to do with them because if I get to that first, then the other stuff, the little thing that it was, you know, that you annoyed me because you didn't do a chore or because that's really insignificant in the, in the grand scheme of things. It's always something deeper than that. Mm-hmm. So that's what I, I sit that with that myself and try to figure out what was it, what is it that is making me upset about this right now? Because it's not the fact that they didn't pick up their toys. It's just not, it's something else. Um, and I try to figure that out and then come back. But there are times when I just, like I was telling you the other day, Elijah yelled at me for something. And then I yelled back at him. Like, you know, <laughs> like he yelled at me and then I yelled right back. And um, and then I just like immediately was said, I'm sorry for yelling. Yeah. yeah. Just like right there. Yeah. Cause I know that's not, I don't want to, we don't want to live in a house where people yell. 
So you know, right. I'm sorry, I raised my voice. Yeah. You know? And I mean, so sometimes you have to, you know, sit with it and reflect on why it is that you're upset. And sometimes it's just like, oh, you know, I don't want to do that. Sorry. So, you know, it's a lot of discernment that comes with these things. But we get better at it the more we do it. Yeah, I agree. At these ages, one thing that I've really liked that we've started doing is uh, we started this about, I want to say six months ago, I started telling the kids stories about me as a child, like telling them stories about how I used to get yelled at. Um, I used to get spanked. um, And they have been like glued to those stories. Maybe it's been up to a year now. I feel like those have been the launch pad for moving toward having better repair discussions because at seven years old, I feel like it's hard for him to, it's hard for his brain to attach anything, any meaning to what I'm saying. But now that he has some of these stories about how my dad yelled at me or, um, or how my mom would use a lot of shame, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I feel like he has a little bit more something to attach to, and he can kind of make sense of it. Does that make sense to you? Oh, absolutely. Like I, we kids love to hear the stories of our childhood, right? Like yeah. they just like to imagine us as children because it does help them to relate to us because they've never known us as children. They've only ever known us as the oldest, the older people, the people that they yeah. look up to, the people that they aspire to be. So imagining us as their age is fascinating. And my kids, I've never known a child that didn't want to hear about, you know, when they, back in my day, like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, when, when I exactly. was growing up, your grandmother was like this, or she used to make you this, or she used to tell me these stories. Yeah, they, they love that. But with my kids, it's, it's also like that. We, they have such a different experience. It's so different than my experience that as they grow older, and I'm telling them that the experiences that I have, it's so foreign to them that they can't even relate. So it gets to the point where they, they're like, what? Like if I, I, I was telling someone the other day that I never beat my kids. I never hit my kids. I never spanked them. And it wasn't because I just, you know, was like so adamant against it. It was just because it never felt right to me. It just didn't feel like something I wanted to do. Um, So when I tell them that my children that I was spanked or that I was hit, they are shocked. Like they can't even... (laughs) They can't even imagine that. They can't even, like, they're like, what? Why? Like, they, you know, like, what could you have possibly done? They can't, they can't fathom that people would just, like, hit a child just because they spilled orange juice or yeah. because they got a bad grade. They, that just right. seems... Like, just what's like, a grade? Wait, yes. <laughs> back up. <laughs> insane to them. And it makes me happy, but it also makes me sad at the same time. It makes me happy for them that they, their, yeah. their mindset is so free and so liberated that they can't even imagine what it's like to be parented, you know, like that. They can't even imagine yeah. it. Um, but then it makes me sad for myself because I realize how much more, um, like, in my own mind, I need to be liberated. Because yeah. some of these things that they are shocked by, it doesn't feel shocking to me. And I want to get to the point where I am shocked by it. Right. I am appalled at those things because now I just say it like I, I, 
I know it's not right. And I'll say that's not right, but it still doesn't feel, I still don't have that feeling that they have like this. Oh my God, I can't believe it's happening. Um, type of feeling. And I, and I don't know if I ever will, but I'm glad that they do. I'm really glad that they do. Yeah. That's really interesting. I mean, thinking about the, it's like, I have, I have friends and I have family members who spank their kids and it's like, I'm not appalled by it. And it's because maybe it's because I have no idea what I would say in order to like, I mean, I could, I could say, well, that's abuse. And they'd just be like, well, we disagree. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's, it's like one of those cultural things because like if somebody was hitting their wife, no one would be, would like say that that's not abuse. Right. Like you could say that you could say, well, that's abuse. You can't hit your wife. Yep. And you know, that's something that people do in secret, but but, no, hitting a child is not something people, people brag about it. Like I had people at my job tell me about the fact that they slapped their daughter because she said something they didn't like. I mean, they just admit it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like that to me is like, that's, what that you just are just openly admitting that you just hit your child. So it's accepted in society in a way that nothing else, no other type of abuse. You can't even tell someone you hit a dog, but you could tell someone you hit your child and they're just like, yes, that's good parenting. Yes. They deserved it. Yeah. It's still, that's the problem with children today. Like what? Right. That they're not beaten enough. Yes. They literally say that, but there's no other group of people or even animals that you could say that about and it be accepted. But for some reason, hitting a child is fully accepted. And I, you know, it always comes back to the fact that people don't see children as human beings. Right. They see them as like some type of, you know, they're not fully formed. They are in training. They are preparing to be humans. So that's why they, they can do that because they need to mold them, you know, by force at times. So it's, it's the control again. It's all comes back to the control. It's that thing that we feel like we can control what happens. We can, we, if I do this, then I can predict the ending, which is impossible. You can't, you can't do that. But you have have to have like this, feeling that we can. Yeah. Have you had any productive conversations with people on trying to get them to persuade them to cross the line from kids are human beings and training to no kids are people today? Yeah. Well, usually when I say that, it's like people, they accept it. Like they they act like they know, but they don't, they don't, it's like, it's like something that they know, but they also feel like they are also in training. It's like, they feel like it's both happening at the same time. Yeah. When it's it's kind of like happening at the same time. It's one thing. It's like when, yeah, there are people except for when they deserve to be punished. Right. Like it's (laughs) It's when I need to exert my control over them and make them (laughs) become the person that I want them to be in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But I mean, it, uh, the more we keep saying, cause you know what? I think that a lot of people just don't even think about it. So I think True. that this even saying it mm-hmm. makes people think 
So even if they reject it right away, it's something that they never even thought of. So that you, you put this, you planted the seed in their brain, a thought that they didn't have before. So yeah. I think that's good, regardless. Of I think it is good. good. Yeah. And I really just try to listen to people. You know, that's something I've learned in my time on social media is just, you know, if someone's disagreeing with you, it's just like with my kids, it's like, I need to just listen. Mm-hmm. And, um, or I try to. And sometimes I just call them out. It's like, that's just wrong. Yeah. Like it's verifiably wrong. So move on to your next point and maybe we can have an intellectual conversation. But what you just said is bullshit. <laughs> yes. No, that's not. Yeah. We're not doing that. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, Let's see. Uh, what are some ways that you, you talked about positive intent, assuming positive intent, which I've heard that term before. And I try to do that with my kids. What are some ways you feel like you used to assume negative intent and now you've gone to assuming positive intent? Like what, what have some of those transitions been like? Well, I think that there's this like idea that children are like willful, like they're willfully being malicious, you know, mm-hmm. like a, like a menace, like Dennis the menace almost like, Mm-hmm. I'm doing things just to upset you or I'm doing things just to, you know, irritate you. And I've switched, I've shifted my thinking a lot in that now I look at any attempt for attention from any of the kids as just that they want mm-hmm. my attention. Yeah. It's not something that is negative. It's always used in a negative connotation. Like he just wants attention. Yeah. Right. That's what he wants. <laughs> Why is that a bad thing? <laughs> yeah, not bad. It's a good thing. Sometimes I want attention. You yeah. know, and like that's that's good. That's good because that's that means that they want a connection with me. They're coming to me to get it in any way that they know how. And yeah. anyway, even if it's just like throwing a ball at me while I'm not prepared, you know, in any way that they can do it, they're they're coming to me, which is good. That's yeah. good. So that's what I mean when I say like, I'm assuming that the positive, I'm assuming that they just want to connect with me. They're not trying to get on my nerves. You know, whatever I'm feeling because of it, that doesn't have anything to do with what they were trying to do. That just has to do with my own triggers. Mm -hmm. That's how I'm taking it. That's not necessarily what they meant when they did that. It's probably not what they meant. It's probably just mom play with me, talk to me, look at me. You know, I need you right now. So that's whenever my kids try to get my attention for whatever reason, that's what I assume. I assume they just want to connect with me. They want me to put my phone down, stop looking at whatever I'm looking at and look at them. Stop having Zoom meetings. Yeah. (laughs) These are scheduled. So I can tell them I have my whiteboard. I can put it on the whiteboard, Zoom at 9.15, you know, so, so they know. Um, but like, yeah, so like it, most of the time it's just like me on my phone, emailing people, trying to set things up, tweeting, you know, reading yeah. articles and stuff like that, reading books. And I, you know, it, and it usually, the thing about it is it's usually not for long that they want my attention. That's like, really true. I've noticed that. Like I've timed it before. It's like, usually like the longest it's been is like 15 minutes and then they get yeah. tired of me. 
<laughs> and then they're, they're like, like, okay, can you, this is boring. Are you, are you done yeah. being here yet? Because you can go. Like, I'll go back and like, like I, you came and got me. I didn't come get you. But they, <laughs> but, they, but then they like they forget about that. Like, oh, it's been okay, mom. This is I've had yeah. enough. You know. So yeah. So it's, it's only like 10, 15 minutes that they want my time, and then you know they just wanted to, for that for that time, and then it's done. Um, but they needed it right then, and I'm yeah. and I'm grateful for that so yeah. i just feel like they sh- we should assume the positive when it comes to our children we should assume that they just want to be with us and they're trying to get our attention in any way they're not trying to get on our nerves they're not trying to upset yeah. us. it's funny to me how it's like i think about this often like if if kids are really do have that positive intent and i believe wholeheartedly that they do it's like why does it take them so long to learn better ways of doing <laughs> like why this, um, you know, do they like, I feel like adults try to communicate to kids. Like you are being really difficult. Like you're making my life really difficult. Yeah. They don't, like, kids, so are really good. kids are amazing observers, but they're yeah. not good interpreters because they don't oh, that's know. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. They don't know. They don't have, the experience that an adult has so they don't know like you know they just yeah. like literally don't know they just think that this what i'm doing is fun because if like if they did it to another kid that wouldn't annoy them like if, if you if you if right. a ball to another kid the kid would I'm just go back you know like it, it's so that's the experience they have so they're doing it to you and then you're like why'd you do that i wasn't prepared or you get upset they're they're genuinely like, what? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was just trying to play. What is, what, like, they don't, they don't know. They don't, they can't interpret that as, you know, I wasn't ready or, and also adults don't even really have the language to say, I want attention. Like, you know, we don't, no one ever really shows us how to connect with other people. We beat around the bush. Yeah. Like we, we go do things and we, you know, say other things and we're not direct with the fact that we just want attention. Like, we, I think sometimes children are better at that, at saying like, I want a hug or I don't yeah. feel well, you know, yeah. can you give me a Band-Aid or this hurts? I think that children are, they are better at that. We train them not to express their emotions, mm-hmm. you know, by ignoring them, by telling them not now, you know, or figure it out yourself. By um, constantly like kicking the can down the road and yep. so to speak, mm-hmm. like we'll so do that later, that, yeah. later, that, later, yeah, later, later, later. You know, you know what I mean? Or here, just or, and then know, later never here. comes. Yep. So I think that we, as adults, at one point, when we remember what it was like to be a child, that we know that there was times when we just wanted our mom to look at us, or we just yeah. wanted her to hold our hand or pick us up, or you know. And there were times when we said it and it didn't happen because she was too busy or whatever. So we learned yeah. not to ask anymore. Yep. Um, so that's why, you know, that's why they don't know because they honestly, should they like, we should train them to, you know, not necessarily train them, like train ourselves to show those things more, like learn how to show, you know, I want to spend time with you. Can we spend time together? Can we watch a movie together at eight mm-hmm. o'clock tonight? You know, 
or can, do you want to you feel like reading this book with me? Can we just read a chapter of this book? Okay, not now, but maybe can we do it tomorrow at three? Like we should get better at doing those things and modeling those things so they can learn to not just throw a ball at someone or do it when someone is obviously in the middle of something. Like we should model yeah, those things as well. That makes me think, I mean, going back to those family stories, because I don't just tell kids stories of what happened to me as a kid. I also talk about what's happening now. Mm -hmm. And so I can say, you know what, yesterday I was feeling really bummed and, um, and mom was sitting on the couch working on something and I just wanted to be closer to her. So I came up and I just, I just gave her a hug and then I walked away and I felt better. You know, she didn't have to stop what she was doing. I just wanted to give her a hug. And it's like something, a story as simple as that can sort of illustrate like, oh, I want a hug. I can ask for one. Like it sort of gives them permission to do that, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that giving permission is a huge theme in what we're doing. Like allowing yeah. ourselves, because I think that as adults um, who weren't raised this way, there's a lot of like, we don't know what to do. Like we've talked about this a lot. So like we, yeah. we want, we, we know what we want, but we don't know how to get it. We have no idea. And it's almost like we're waiting for permission. We're waiting for someone to show us the way because that's what we did for so long. That's we had everyone show us the ways of doing things. Like, you know, when you want to do this, this is how you do it. These are the steps that you take, but it was always to their ends, always to what the goal was for the mm -hmm. school or whatever organization. So when you're trying to create something from scratch, it feels very foreign. It feels very like, I don't know what to do because you're, you're waiting for permission. So when yeah. you show them, when you show them how to ask for something, you don't have to wait. You know what I mean? You don't have to wait for someone to tell you that it's okay. Mm -hmm. Just go ahead and do it. And if someone says not now, it's not personal. Like we're all, we're just all people trying to figure this thing out. Like, yeah. you know, like it's, a, it's okay. Like and learn and just being able to be in touch with the full range, range of emotions and being allowed to do that and giving ourselves permission. That is just so powerful. Like, I feel like there, there, I spent a lot of time in my life waiting for permission that I'm mm -hmm. trying to catch up now um, yeah. in saying that and giving myself permission and saying that's okay for me to want attention from my husband or want, yeah. you know, to spend time with my kids or individually. Like, it's okay for me to be like, I want to spend time with my daughter right now. I don't want to spend time with my sons or vice versa. You know, that's mm -hmm. okay. Like giving myself permission to do all the things that I want to do. I just feel like that's a huge theme that we need to keep doing and expanding on. Um, yeah. And I feel like our children will be better for it, knowing that, you know, I don't have to wait for permission. I can ask. I don't have to wait for permission to ask. Like, it, you know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. like so much of this is like, am I allowed to? You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of unpacking to do around yeah. that, around the theme of like, what am I allowed to do? Don't you wish conversations like this were happening with the people who are like, I want to try unschooling because it's like, <laughs> this is the real stuff. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, this these is are the, the conversations that I like to have, <laughs> it's because, like, you know, because once you get past, like all the other stuff is like, but what okay. about math? Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, okay. Like what, you know, that's why it's very, 
it's been very eye-opening to me because I've been doing this for like, I don't even know. I, I want to say five years, six years. Yeah. Probably going on seven years. It seems shorter than it probably is because, you okay. know, the kids grow up. But, um, but yeah, like, just the evolution of it has just been eye-opening to me that mm-hmm. it's less about the academics. It's so much less about it than it is yeah. the relationship. The relationships that we have are so yeah. much more important because it informs everything else. And so if you think of unschooling as just learning from life, then the relationship part is the most important part. Yeah, it's everything. Because that's what gives us the permission, right? Because you can't, even if you're like unschooling, but you're still a parent that, like you said, uses shame or manipulates or gaslights. Mm -hmm. How is that person ever going to be able to have enough of the bandwidth the emotional bandwidth to do all the things that they want to do. They're still going to be thinking about like, well, maybe I should learn this or maybe I should do that because, you know, that's what I think mom wants me to do. You know, it's still going to be there. So the, the basis of everything is our relationship with our children. Mm -hmm. And then also us expanding this community so that they can have other examples of, of families that do this as well, you know, because it, so that they aren't isolated. That's the basis for everything for me now. And it yeah. started with just like, you know, oh, they learn math through cooking and they learn, you know, they learn it through chess and they like, it started with that. And then now it's like, I don't even care about that. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. even, you know, I just accept the fact that they are learning all the time. That's just a given. And now everything else is like way more important. That's the important stuff. That's the priority. What you're saying there reminds me of that clip of Akila on, uh, was it Steve Harvey's show mm-hmm. where they had those two panels and it's just like the, the entire conversation was about um, academics. And I don't think anyone talked about relationships mm-hmm. and it was like how frustrating was that for Akila and the unschools were like, it's like, this is so big. Like, we're just talking about like academics one-on-one. It's like, get, I don't do it because of the academics. I do it because of the relationship. And then the academics is just like, it's just like a long for the ride. Right. Exactly. It's like, so if you, if backwards. If you, if you are, if you start as a, I think you want, if you start as an unschooler, you're just eventually going to become a, a respectful parent. Like, I don't think that there's a way that you can avoid it because in order for you to do, yeah, it's like in order for you to be able to do that functionally, you have to respect your child and you have to trust your child in a way that also will make you respect them all around. Because if unschooling is life, then that is what you have to do. You know, it's it's just, it's, it's a very simple thing. It's, it's very basic. even if you are if you're a respectful parent i don't know how you can be a respectful parent and then also keep your kids in school it's like the same thing it's like it all connects to me now that i see the 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 deeper connection where it's like we kind of started this from a respectful parent perspective and we couldn't understand how people were like advocating for respectful parent and then like and then 
adding school on top of that, it's like, wait a minute. No, that's like those two, two things don't go together, but being an unschooler, um, I can see how if people don't take the time to really think through the process of unschooling mm-hmm. and they can sort of do like, Oh, we're, we're homeschoolers. So I guess we're unschoolers. Like, no, that's not it. Yeah. Like, not it. you know, that's just a, that's just a, a basic, not understanding the terms. No, absolutely. Because I, I get a lot of like people, especially now because of, you know, it's been great because of the pandemic. I know that sounds weird to say, but it has been great. No, that I know. More people have come into, you know, our circle of yeah. unschoolers. But yes, there is a, like a fundamental misunderstanding of what mm-hmm. it is because a lot of people will say things like, like oh, well, we unschool everything but math. It's like, well, that's <laughs> not possible. <laughs> that's like saying we respectful parent everything but spanking. It's yes. like, uh, I think you missed a couple pages in that book. Like, I'm a respectful parent, everything, but I also use a short chart. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> yeah, like that's just, they don't go together. Like, it just does it. Um, so, yeah, there is a fundamental, like, disconnect yeah. of what it is because a lot of times people think that it's just like it's interest-led which it is it's it's interest-led but it's it like is, yeah. you know you it's them doing it it's not yeah. you stepping in and being like oh you're interested in this okay well here are a million worksheets to do about that subject like it's interest-led all the way around it's total trust total respect um and i don't think that people can even go that far I mean, I do believe that it's possible, but I think that it's just so, so much of a radical idea for a lot of people so far away from where our culture is that they just are like, no, I have to control some part of this. I can't even imagine stepping back and not controlling any of it. Like, it's just like, but it's okay. You can't control it. You think you can. That's the whole thing. That's the illusion. Right. You're not controlling <laughs> it illusion. anyway. Right. I'm just taking the blinders off and yeah. myself that I don't have control over what's going to happen. You're just, you're still trying to control something. It's, you know, it's an illusion. Yes. Uh, that was a, what would, is there a certain source that you kind of, where that was like an aha moment for you of like, oh, I actually don't have control of this. It's for, you know what? It was for me. Like it was when I realized that I barely have control of myself. (laughs) Like, and, and, Mm. and what I'm saying is that like I have self-control and that I'm not running around as like a wild person, but like, there's a lot of things that I want to do that I don't do. Like there's been, you know, there's times when I just like, I should eat better. And then, you know, here comes a slice of pizza and I'm like, (laughs) Oh yeah. Slice of pizza. Like if I, if, if it was a child, you could say, no, don't eat that pizza. Right. You know? So you, you, it's, I think a lot of people are doing it because of that too, because they don't have control over themselves. That's true. They can't resist the pizza, but they can tell this child, I know it's not good for you. Well, if it's not good for them, it's not good for you. Mm. So why are you, so you, you're trying to control the only thing you think you can control, which is this child, but you don't, you're not understanding the damage that you're doing to the child and to the relationship that you're having. So when I realized that in order for me to have, this thing's only going to work if I get control of myself. Mm-hmm. And I realized how difficult it is to even control myself. 
So if I can't even control myself, what mm-hmm. makes me think? What kind of delusion do I think I have that I can control someone else? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. If you can't control yourself, if you realize how difficult it is for you to control yourself, why do you think you can control someone else with their own emotions and their own thoughts? You might be able to think, you might be able to stop the behavior, but you're just going to make them, they're just going to sneak and get the pizza or they're going to eat it when you're not looking. You're not really controlling them. It's just an illusion. Yeah. But that's what it was. It was me understanding that if I want, I need to, to show them self-control by controlling myself. Yeah. Myself. That's self-control. And also controlling someone does not teach them self-control. Absolutely. That that's a huge it just point. teach them that how to be controlled, but it doesn't teach them how to control themselves. In order to control yourself, you have to practice controlling yourself. Mm-hmm. And that means making decisions for yourself. Yep. You know, and learning the consequences of those things and how you feel when you make those choices. Does yep. this choice feel good or does this choice feel bad, regardless of the outcome? All those things are things that we have to practice. And that's what that's what we're doing. We're we're allowing these people to practice that. And I feel like we are like I'm behind. If, if there is such a thing as behind in being able to do that for myself, I'm just learning how to do those things. I'd say, yeah, the, the big point place for me is, um, yeah, just being learning how to be my authentic self and, and exploring who that is, you know, it's, um, I had a great moment with Noah last night, we were playing a board game. And uh, Anna was listening to the Frozen soundtrack. And so I was just singing along with it. And then I sort of did the movie thing where I got close to him and I just sang like right to him. He got such a kick out of it. He was laughing, like belly laughing. Cause I'm like singing like all like heartfelt, like right in his face. And he just loved it. And uh, he kept asking me to do it. It was so funny, but it's like, I need to, I need to access that silly dad, like more often. Like I need to allow that to come out more often. I think so often I can just get like super serious. Yeah, but that, and I am that, a serious you person. Yourself. You just have to be yourself. Right. I mean, I like, I don't want to try to be silly when I'm not, but I also need to recognize that I can, I can sometimes like try to squash it too much. Yeah. And just need to let the joy come out. Oh, absolutely. That's what we, we say that in my house, lean into the happy. Like if you feel happy, lean into it, chase it, try to hold on to it. Because it's like so many times where, when, when serious things are happening, we, we, we just lean into that. We, you know, we just feel like, Oh, there's some, there's a way that I need to like, I don't know, by pushing it, trying to push it away, you are leaning into it more. And yeah. when you feel that joy, it's like, it feels like it's fleeting, right? People say that it's like fleeting joy. Like, and I, that's yeah. how a lot of people experience parenting. It's like this super serious thing that has like sporadic moments of happiness where it's like all the time, you know, so hard. People say that all the time. Like it's so hard. Parenting is so hard. And it's like this overarching theme of hardship which was like burst of like joy here and there. 
Mm-hmm. And I just don't experience it like that. And I don't want to experience it like that. I want to experience mm-hmm. it like life where it's like, it's just all of the things all of the time. It's, yeah. you know, and that's how I, I experience my life. And these are the people that are part of my life. And this is, we're just having our lives together. So that's how I want to experience my parenting because it's not, I, I mean, I'm going to be a mom for the rest of my life, Yeah. but the kids are grow up. And so our relationship will change. So I want to experience this as fully as I possibly can while they're here. Cause it's not yeah. going to last forever. And I realize that So yeah. while they're here, I want to just hold on to it in every single moment that is joyful. Like what you just experienced. I just want to just keep going into that. Like I would just keep bringing that up. Like, remember that, remember that time that I did that? Remember that? Like <laughs> just so that I can remember it, you know, I'm right. The, the Retelling the story is actually, exactly. that's our oral history. Exactly. So I, I yep. do that all the time. And they're, and they're always like, yeah, mom, we remember, we remember, but it makes me happy. I'm like, oh, good, you remember, because yeah. I remember too. Like, <laughs> and don't, like, you probably have stories like that growing up where your parents, like, retold you things, and then you actually convince yourself that you can remember it, but there's probably no way that you yeah. actually remember it. Exactly. It's you, remember, you remember it through, it through the story. stories. Yeah, yep. exactly, you remember it through their stories. Yes, so that's what I try, I, yes, and that's such a powerful thing. It, it is because you can see it in your mind too. Like you yep. can, you know, and even if you can't like remember, remember you remember the feeling. You remember how it felt because I have a lots of memories from when I was a child that I can't like really picture it, but I can remember how it felt, and that's enough. You know? I hope I'll never forget um, the first. So we Noah got to watch The Lion King, and this was a couple years ago. And then we, um, then we got him the soundtrack because he really loved the movie. And he started listening to the soundtrack and his eyes got big and he said, I can see the movie in my brain. <laughs> and that was just like such a heartwarming moment. It's like, oh man, he's like, it's like he's discovering this. He's yeah. discovering like the power of his his mind right now. That's just so a fascinating thing to watch. <laughs> yeah. It is. And that's the best thing. That's so wonderful. And it's I love it so much. Like that's the best part of my life. Yeah. Is is are those things. And I hate how I talk about all the time. So it it feels because those are the moments that are like, I just want more of those. So I, yep, I work on the creating them every single day, you know, and we might not remember them, but we'll remember how it feels. We'll remember the feeling of it. And that's, that's what I want. I want the overall feeling of their childhood and this time in their lives and my life to feel good. So, you know, I just want the feeling of just happiness and joy. And that's, so that's what we're, that's what we're creating, you know, and we can't do that 24 seven. Like what we're talking about, we can't, we're human beings we're all humans we're all getting bad news but we can repair we can go back and we can say i'm sorry and since we the more often we practice that the easier it will be to just come out of that mood and not be mad anymore and not be upset anymore and then just go back to you know living life in the happy way that we were the uh i just thought of a book title for you the will to repair that's a good one. 
yes, that would be such a great that. theme. I do believe that, yes. Repair is, a, is the most important thing. But uh, I also, I want to change this narrative, though, like, about parenting, because I just don't like the the just, like, constant negativity that surrounds it. Survival parenting is yes. like, like it's, it's like just, everyone's just surviving. Yes. I, I just, and I understand awful. that we are all exhausted. We're all, you know, putting our all into this. And that's a lot. And we've taken on a huge thing by becoming parents. I understand that. But I also feel like there's so much joy in this that I can't to just have it be like this hardship that people take on and and constantly refer to it in that way it doesn't feel right to me and I think that it 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 scares a lot of people from even attempting to be parents they feel like there's just no way that they would want to take this on and I feel sorry for them because they might be missing out on the best experience that they could possibly have in life I also just feel like there's this because the narrative is so pervasive People don't believe me when I talk about Mm -hmm. how wonderful Mm -hmm. my family life is. They act like I'm like making it up. Like I'm just, you know what I mean? Or or I'm just like eliminating all of the, you know, the bad stuff. I'm I'm not talking about it. I'm just ignoring it. Like I'm in (laughs) denial. And I'm not ignoring it. I do talk about the things that, you know, the challenges that we have because we're human beings, but it's not, to me, it's not like this horrible, horrible thing. It's just life. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, you, you, that happened and then we moved on. So it's, it's not, it doesn't have to be like this ongoing struggle. Um, and I just feel like it was, it's always been like that ever since I, from when I was pregnant, it was just like, oh, well, wait until they turn two. Yeah. Then you, you know what I mean? You're happy now, but wait until this. And then wait until, so it always feels like, the other shoe is going to drop like, Oh, wait until they're teens. You're, you know what I mean? They're a great relationship now, but wait until they're teenagers. And it's never stopped being great. It's never stopped being great. Yeah. So I'm like, well, you guys were just, I don't know what y'all were talking about. I really don't. <laughs> I don't know. And actually I feel sorry for you. I feel sorry for you that you had mm-hmm. such a horrible experience with the people in your life that you chose that you just felt like you needed to, warn other people like everybody needs to be warned that at some point they're not going to like their kids anymore and their kids aren't going to like them and the relationship's going to turn sour and then maybe one day you'll get it back like it just doesn't that's not what's happening with me and that's not what i see that's happening in with the other unschooling parents that i speak with so i think that there that needs to be addressed the fact that it doesn't have to be that way you know, we don't have to refer to our two-year-olds as terrible. Mm. We don't have to, you know, think that our teenagers don't like us. We don't have to be at war with them. That just doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be, parenting doesn't have to be that way. And I just, I just so here, want that narrative to change. Here's, I think, the challenge for us as we continue to engage in this work, because obviously we're going to continue to run again, run with and next with these parents who have that deficit mindset, which is extending the same, um, uh, assuming positive intent Mm -hmm. for them, the same way we would extend that to our kids. It's like, that's really hard to do sometimes. But you know what? It's easier for me to do with the kids. I'm not even going to be like, 
you know, I have no beats or bones about this because they aren't as conditioned. They're still children, so they haven't been as conditioned to, mm-hmm. you know, they're just not as conditioned. And adults yeah. are because yeah. of this, like, narrative of, like, controlling your children is good parenting in one way or another, even if you mm-hmm. don't spank them, but you need to have them in under control. Yeah, manipulating. Yes, that is the, that's the, like, narrative or like the just it's taken as that's the good parenting that's what's good parenting in our culture so i need to let you know that no there's another way and that if you do choose to be an authoritative parent at some point you're probably not going to have a good relationship with your child Mm -hmm. because it's going to be your did, did your parents raise you that way at one point did you were you at odds with them Mm-hmm. Will you pit against them because of one reason or the other? So why do you think that that is, you're just accepting that. You're just yeah. accepting that as if, if, you know, you know, people say things like, well, if they don't like me, that means I'm a good parent. Like, you know, <laughs> like what? Like it doesn't even make sense. And what other relationship do you have in your life where it's like, well, if, the, if they don't like me, that means that this relationship is working. That doesn't even make sense. It doesn't make sense. And we just accept a whole bunch of things as cliches and just like things that are said that don't make any sense. We never challenge them. And so, yeah, I feel like I am going to be in people's faces about it and like challenge them about it because they need to be challenged on it. And you don't have to come around to thinking the way that I think. And I don't think anyone should do things exactly the way I do them. I don't think that there is one way to, to live life even as an unschooler or any type of philosophy, right. like doing it the way that you are because you're being yourself. But I do feel like we don't need to tiptoe around this anymore because there is so much like, well, it's so hard for them. So we can't say these things. Well, it's, it's been long enough that this mm-hmm. has been the narrative. And I feel like we need to show people like, this is real. Like, no, this is true. I do have an amazing relationship with my teenagers. I enjoy being with them. They enjoy being with me. And it's always been good. Like, I don't, I didn't have a terrible two experience. I didn't have, you know, sullen middle schoolers. I don't have any of those things. And I, and a lot of people that I speak with in this community, they don't have that either. They have great mm-hmm. relationships with their kids through all ages and stages. So this is something that we're figuring out. That's not true. All the things yeah. that you're telling us is not true and it doesn't have to be that way. So I don't care if you feel, you know, getting your feelings about it. Yes, because you mm-hmm. need to examine how you feel. And sometimes that means rejecting it at first, you know, because yeah. you're so conditioned and you're so trained. So, yeah, you, you might feel some type of way about what I'm saying. That's OK. Sit with it. Sit with it for a little while and, you know, figure it out. And see if you can't make some changes in your life so that your relationships with your children are better. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't, I don't feel like, you know, I'm not going to be, I don't want to be rude about it, but at the same time, I'm not going to tiptoe around people's feelings about this, especially, especially, you know what I mean? When they're, when they're out here, they could be having way better relationships with their kids. And a lot of them are hurting their children by what they're doing in the name of good parenting, in the name of, you know, getting them to college or whatever goal they have for their child. So, you know, we need to talk about these things. Yeah. Awesome. 
Well, I think that's a good spot to, um, you've probably got some other stuff to do tonight. So that's probably a good spot to stop for tonight. Um, yeah, this has been great. Great conversation. I think it will help a lot of people. I do think this gets, you know, all the ideas that we can share them. Yeah. And as I, as I come up with other, you know, things that I think you would have a lot to speak on, you know, I'll just reach out and we'll try to do it again. Um, but you know, I'll put this up on my SoundCloud and, um, and then I'll send you a copy of the recording too. I might edit it down a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. Do what you got to do. <laughs> awesome. Thanks again for listening. Um, I don't know if this, something like this will be something I do more of, you know, I've really taken a break from producing much content for the podcast. Um, but you know, if, if you like this kind of content, you want to hear more uh, either with Tirsa or you want to hear more with other people who have been unschooling for a while uh, or other perspectives, I'm certainly open. I love uh, having conversations like this. Um, so if you have anyone you want to uh, connect me with that would be interested in being on a podcast, um, I hesitate to call mine a podcast because I'm not consistently producing content, but I do like using this as a way to store uh, some of the conversations that I'm having. So um, let me know what you think.